And away we go. It is the BCJ Podcast, brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. This Saturday, the Bearcats take on the Dayton Flyers at Heritage Bank Arena. That gives you the opportunity for a little pre- and post-game visiting our friends at the Holy Grail Tavern and Grill at the Banks. Stop by, get yourself a little pre-game meal, have a beverage or two, maybe maybe have a Coke because you don't want to drink RC Cola uh, when you get into the arena. <laughs> but uh, uh, get some water in case you don't want Deja Blue uh, or whatever it is that they sell inside that place. <laughs> Stop by before and after the game. Support those that support us. Visit our good friends at the Holy Grail. Hi, David. Hello. How are you? Uh, it's been a day. Hey, it it always is. I mean, you got court hearings and transfer portal and game last night. I mean, it's it's never ending, man. Yeah, <laughs> Keegan gave me with the old. Uh, I've never seen a day like this before, and I'm like, <laughs> ah, stick around. This, this is would, this just a this is a warm up. This wouldn't register on like top ten, like most, you know, craziest, you know, news newsworthy. Um, no, I mean, I think even Aziz was like, I guess this was national because there was, you know, a, an impact to a lot of different schools. But like, even Aziz, like that, just kind of dropped out of nowhere in our laps at 5.30 one night. Like, Yeah. I mean, I still think one of the craziest days was, was it last year when they got, like, how many football commit or two years ago or something? How many football Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In yeah. one day? Yeah, remember? Like, I, I, I remember that story well because I, it was, I was driving. I was driving to Destin in a part with no cell phone service trying to figure out how I'm going to tweet out all these commitments. Yeah, it was the Saturday of a visit weekend in June, and nothing ever happens on the Saturday of a visit weekend. So my buddy, my best friend calls me, and he's like, hey, Fish is in Indy. I got a free ticket. You want to go? And I was like, yeah, like it's Saturday. If anything happens, it's not going to be until tomorrow morning. No lie, Dave. We had not even gotten on the highway from my house. And I get a call, hey, like shit's about to get crazy. And I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, these kids are just walking out of the meetings and like, it's like a race to see who can commit first. And I was like, so like when they go home tomorrow, they'll start committing, right? And he's like, I don't think so. <laughs> I was the last one, the last commitment that day happened as I was on the lawn uh, in Fishers, yeah. Indiana, like five minutes before the show started. That was that was nuts. But yeah, we got it done. That's what we do around here, Dave. We get yeah. it done. Yeah. Uh, where where would you like to start today, friend? I mean, where, wherever <laughs> you want. I mean, I think, you know, the, the news of the day is this uh, TRO, Temporary restraining order uh, but, but obviously we have transfer portal we have a commitment from you know 
running back Evan Pryor. We have a basketball game last night. I said, you know, probably you want to start with the newsy stuff, go to the basketball game, and then then spend some time on the portal. Yeah, I guess that sounds like a good uh, a good summary of of the direction that will take things. Um, so yeah, uh, lawsuit today in federal court in West Virginia. Uh, they had some players testify, including Jameel Reynolds and uh, Raekwon Battle from West Virginia. Uh, temporary restraining order granted. The next hearing is December 27th. So 14 days. Uh, there is a 14-day window where the NCAA rules don't count. Uh, players can play without repercussion. What we don't know is can they play and still maintain the year of eligibility? Because in basketball, if you play one second of one game, the only way you can get it back is a medical hardship waiver. Right. There was a report today citing a spokesperson from the NCAA saying that the year of eligibility would not be in jeopardy in these 14 days, which if they were smart would make sense because if you try to, like if they play on a temporary restraining order, then they don't get an extension or a permanent injunction on the 27th. And those guys have to use a year of eligibility. You know what they're going to do? Um, they're they're going to sue the NCAA. <laughs> <laughs> um. So my understanding is there has been no decision on that part. Mm -hmm. um, I just saw a tweet from Jeff Goodman uh, that basically said uh, the order enjoins the NCAA from taking any action against the institution pursuant by the bylaw as it relates to the athletic participation of a student during the 14-day period. Discussions with, within the association's governance structure on this decision are ongoing, and as more details are understood, we will make that information available. That backs up what I said on the board, that these decisions have not all been made other no. than they can play for 14 days, and if anything changes from there, the NCAA cannot come back and say and you, you, you played with an ineligible, ineligible player. player. You can't. They can't take away games. They can't so I, take away stats. I have a question like that. that I have not seen an answer to yet. And granted, I'm not digging. I will try to answer. And then I have a comment. My question is this: this next hearing in 14 mm -hmm. days is it the same judge? That I don't know. Okay, because that because my comment is. You know, the whole antitrust thing, I heard it put well today in the sense of, like, this would be, like, all the fast food restaurants getting together and saying, we're going to pay all of our employees the same price. And if you worked at McDonald's and you quit or were fired, we've all agreed that Wendy's is not going to hire you. And so these attorneys generals are saying that it's, that was the analogy, in saying that you can't say one-year transfers can play immediately and then say two-year transfers can't because you're withholding their ability to yeah. 
whether it's make money through NIL, whether it's improve their draft stock, whether it's put themselves in a better living situation, um, they're saying you can't have the, the separation there. So I've kind of had the thought of it's very hard for me to see a judge in court. Like we look at it from the sports point of view. They're looking at it sure. from the law Legal. point of view. Yeah, It's hard for me to envision a judge ruling this and having some comments that I, I retweeted one of them earlier that pretty much just take a sledgehammer to what the NCAA is trying to do here. And then in two weeks, they're going to go backwards. Like that, that seems very unrealistic to me. I, yeah. I kind of envision them basically in two weeks saying that this is now permanent and you can play throughout the season or whatever. The NCAA is going to say that you can put, I mean, maybe it doesn't even get to two weeks. Maybe they come out in the, in between that time, but because there are certain things that are still not a hundred percent ironclad, like it, it still puts the schools and the players in a bad spot because even though I think they're not going backwards, and I think a lot of people probably think they're not going backwards. I, I, I you, would guess everybody thinks they're not going backwards. Are you, you going can't. to risk your player? I mean, it's not going to hurt you from like a you're not eligible to make the tournament because right. you, but like, do you want to do that to one of your players for over a two week period that potentially, if something crazy were to happen, then they're like, sorry, Jamil, you played in two games. Whatever it is, yeah, you and now, eight, and, 19 minutes in two games, and, and that now was that, your, count, that counts year. as a season for you. So I can totally understand why there's still a trepidation to just automatically be like, "Yep, he's he's going to play. You know, he's ready to go." Like, I I get it. Well, I, I don't think it's even as much trepidation as as much as I think it's we don't the NCAA hasn't given us the info, like. Up until that statement I just saw from Jeff Goodman, I, I know I had a phone call at it's about six thirty, um, with a source that said no schools had been identified, like had been informed of anything by the NCAA. Right. The NCAA had not reached out and contacted any of the schools at that point that had been impacted yet. So they have to be careful. Like you're not just gonna come out. I know, like there there were a couple of teams. I think at least one that had a guy that was impacted that had a game tonight. Right. And the word was they were gonna play the guy tonight. Um, but knowing John Cunningham, knowing Wes, knowing they're gonna make sure they have the information. Our compliance department. Right. They're gonna make sure they have the information before they sit down and make a final decision on Saturday. Yeah. I mean. One of the more hilarious parts in all of this, I think it was Goodman also that, um, or no, it was actually our attorney general, Dave Yost, that said that there's like a hundred players. There's 90 something players. And that that some of them have have not even had their like initial, uh, you know, like appeal, I guess. 44, I think, that have not even had their initial appeal ruled on. Like, what are what are these? What are what are you doing? You have I've been by the NCAA office. It is massive. Like, I'm assuming there's a lot of people that like. What are you actually doing? Like, how hard is it to rule on this stuff? There's a lot of stuff throughout this that just kind of 
I mean, and, and one thing we had, and I'd kind of forgotten about this uh, until today, and I think it was one of the arguments made this morning. This wasn't in in effect for all sports. It was five. There's only five sports that have the two time transfer waiver. Yeah, probably the ones that actually produce revenue. Yeah, football, men's basketball, women's basketball. I would guess baseball and maybe women's volleyball. I don't know. I'm just guessing, but right. like, like I know those in those sports uh, at least do a, a decent number in like uh, like NCAA tournament and, and things like that. Um, but that's just opening yourself up. For antitrust, right there. Yeah, so that's what I was like. My yeah. I mean, so it's okay for the golfer or the right. track and field or the swimmer. They can transfer as many times as they want, but the basketball player can't. Right. And that was one of the things, like you know, the NCAA purports to treat student athletes uh, like any other student. Okay. Well, I could have transferred seven times, and there was never. A penalty in place for any I mean you might like lose a credit or like lose some credits here and there, but but yeah, like, but they're that not still happens that, in athletics. They're not telling you that you have to sit out of semester. <laughs> right. That 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 to me in and of itself is one of the most hilarious things ever. Is that they ha- they're holding on to this idea that yeah. transferring from we'll use Evan Pryor as an example. That transferring from Ohio State to Cincinnati, if he was a two-year transfer, he would need a year to acclimate himself to right. a new school that is rough has roughly the same amount of students, is In also is also an urban campus and is 110 miles south. Like he needs a year to be able to figure out how he's going to navigate college life. Well, in, in that we situation, know. we all know what the transfer rules were about in the beginning control college coaches for the longest time always had control right and that has uh and this taken is still, a significant hit but this is still on their feet like they asked yeah, for this of course and then the ncaa said okay we'll do exactly what you're asking and then once they saw it in practice they were like oh wait a second this isn't exactly what we had in mind you know, we, you know, so it's all good on paper, but then when you actually see how it works, uh, you're not as excited about it. So this is a little bit of a tangent, but um, do you have anything specifically on this you want to get to for right now? We can come back to it. But no, I, because I think we're still kind of in this, you know, we don't know. We need, we need more information. We don't know. I mean, I don't think it's really fair one way or the other to weigh in on like will Jamil play will he not I mean I think it's it's still very much up in the air if they get some answers that they that helps them out then I would expect him to play if they don't get those answers I don't think they're going to to risk it for one for one game I don't either I don't either and then if he's not going to play Saturday then why are you going to then why would you play him unless uh, well unless you've got the answers you were looking for. right but I mean right so you know, but you're turning around in what a couple like Tuesday the next week or something or Wednesday yeah, on Saturday, like, tu- Saturday, Tuesday, Friday. So like, this I week. mean, you could you could technically play three games under this 14 day TRO. Yeah. But if if you're not going to get the answers you need, then I don't think he's going to play. And because I'd agree, you just wait until they 
likely say that this thing is good for the rest of the year or whatever and then then he plays starting january 1 and you're you're probably no worse for the wear like well you know. i you know obviously for cincinnati you've got i think four games remaining yeah, yeah. i think four games remaining between now and conference play right and uh when you look at those first six games of conference play whoo <laughs> I, I don't think you want to work Jamil in. That first uh, one was starting that January first one's going to be a little more difficult than we thought maybe two months ago. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean that's what we're getting at, Jason. I, 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 I just, I, I, I would, I'm sure you would prefer not to have to play him game one uh, of his Cincinnati career against BYU in Provo. You would like to have a couple, at least a couple games lead up uh, to that. Um, are we actually going to see the end of the NCAA, Dave? Because for the longest time, for the longest time, I've said, I don't think it'll happen because it doesn't make any sense. Because you still have to have a governing body. And are, are you really, like, if you blow up the NCAA, you just have to create another NCAA. Well, but I'm starting to think it might be the only path out of this mess. I I still don't think so because who who is going to do all that stuff then? Well, you have to create another governing body. They can't even like the the schools and the conferences can't even agree on they couldn't agree on the 12-team playoff until they were basically f forced to. I mean, forced, yeah. you had a four-team playoff created by people who didn't want a playoff, so that's why the four-team playoff sucks. I mean, it's right. better it's better than no playoff, but that's what you get when you ask people that, that don't want to do something to do something. They say, okay, here you go. This is, this is what we – like, I think we're getting to the point where they're going to force – Congress to do the dirty work for them. And Congress doesn't want to. Right. I agree. And they shouldn't have to because it's, I mean, shit, and they got enough things to figure out. They shouldn't be figuring out the legislation and, and all of this for all of intercollegiate athletics. But I mean, you're talking about not, you know, we look at it and a lot of people look at it in the lens of, of football and basketball. I mean, are the, are the, is the NCAA going to still be in business for the non-revenue sports and the revenue no, sports? Okay. I think it's almost time to, to, to blow okay. it up. Then right. who is Part in charge of, of setting up all of the championships for all of the other sports? You'd How have to act fast. You'd have to act fast, which is something they are very no, bad at. I just – it's so hard for me. I mean, you're just going to hire all the NCAA people and just put different yeah, name just, tags on them? And, yeah, no, but honestly, you might have to. Like, hey, you, I, you've, been, I, you've been running the golf championships, NCAA golf championships, for 10 years. Now you're going to run them, but you're just going to wear a different name tag under this new new organization that we came up with. Well, here's what's becoming evident, Dave. The rule book is ridiculous. And the rule book is what creates the legal issues. Because they just do it on the clock. Like, okay, this, this year we're adding... Like, I'll give you a perfect example. In the letter they just sent out, 
they talk about bylaw 14.5.5.1, and they talk about bylaw 12.11.4.2. What are we doing? Like, do, do we, do, is that all necessary? I, I like, mean, I don't they've said think the so. book is like this. Like, I don't think so, but you always go to those places. Like, I think I was, you know, you always go to those places where you see a sign and you're like, why is there a sign saying this? And it's because someone did that thing there that you now have. To, like, I think I was at a gym one time in a sauna and there was a sign like that said no shaving in the sauna. And it's like, why is there a sign that says no shaving in the sauna? And it's like, well, probably because some idiot some shaved in the, in the sauna. So right. that's probably why there are all these bylaws and amendments and everything. It's because. Somebody then did the thing that no one thought they would do. So we have to have 12.1.2.4. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. You know what I go back to, Dave? What What's the biggest, uh, what's the biggest story in conference realignment right now? I mean, right, right now, just. The ACC okay. can't break their grant of rights. Grant of rights because yeah. it's literally like two sentences. It's yeah, it's one page is so am, ambiguous that there's there's it's open for interpretation on, on every angle. No, it's not open for well, it any is because interpretation. You can argue That's the beauty of it. You can argue <laughs> it in every direction. Like there's right. no there's no hard and fast like okay, this is how we can fight this in court because they said this and this is illegal. Right. Like, it know. literally says like I John Doe, sign over all of my television rights uh, over the net, over the length of this da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. Please sign here. There's no parameters. There's nothing you can point to to say, right. you guys are not fulfilling this part of this agreement, so we can now, you know, break the agreement because you're right. not holding up your – yeah. It's it's a beautiful piece of, of – uh, Legalese, but, I, I would say. You know, for, for our a lot of our younger members won't and I'm I'm too young or I'm too young to even really remember it. But that all started in nineteen eighty four when the the schools and the conferences sued the NCAA to own their own TV rights. Right. It used to be one big pot split up amongst everybody. But they right. said no, we can make more money if we'd go out on our own and do this. And right. so they, you know, they fought the NCAA to, to own their own rights, and now look, now look at where they are. Can you have an institution like the NCAA that can't win in court? Like that's why I'm starting to come around on. They might have to do something because we're getting to the point that everybody realizes there isn't a judge in the world. That's going to vote for anything in favor of the NCAA. No, it, it almost seems like you need to either have the NCAA or a company like the NCAA that is your management slash operations department. Like right. something like I used to do. I would be contracted by the USGA. I worked for an uh, for a management sports management company. And the USGA would hire us to come in and set up USGA golf events. We were not USGA employees, 
but we worked on their behalf and we ran the operations and we ran the tournament sales and we ran the volunteer coordination and all of that stuff. And they set up the golf course because it was their event, but we did all the kind of behind the scenes stuff. So it's almost like this, the NCA could still be the group that sets up all the, because we're not even seeing, here's the other thing. We're not even talking about just division one. Right. We're talking about division division two, division division three. three. Like, who is going to set up all of those champs? Like, and that's just one thing that comes in the top of my head is like, who's going to set up all these champs? Yeah, that's your background. So it like pops it like, yeah. And so maybe you have them doing something like that, but then you have a new arm that is your rules enforcement governance thing. But again, I fall back on the, just using football as an example, we can't even get like a commissioner of college football that can make a damn decision for the betterment of the entire sport where we, we don't have com- commissioners and schools shanking why, each other. Right. And it's like, but, but so how do we, how can we, pot- that. How can we possibly think anybody? How can we possibly think then that these guys are going to then govern themselves? Like, like that's the part that like, Okay, sure. Yeah, get rid of the NCAA. Who are you appointing to be the ones to make sure that no one's cheating, or who are you? Appointing- well, no, that, that that but but it was never going to be get rid of the NCAA and nothing else like fills the void. You have to have a governing body. Oh, I know, but who who's doing that? If it's You're not going to have the- to start over, you are going to have to start it from the ground up. Yeah, you are going to have yeah. to go day one on this shit as. Doing this wall seasons are in process. Oh yeah, nothing bad will po- could possibly happen there. <laughs> like yeah, I mean what they would probably try to do it over the summer. Like oh yeah, I'm sure of... you could just shotgun a three month operation to yeah to do <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. with with college football like looming closer and closer I every mean, day. How many like I'll just use one example like how many illegal bump visits and how many guys on campus where they're not supposed to yeah. be on campus would happen when in there was like, no NCAA in the three months. Like, come on. I, that's, I, I just, so, so I agree. I, I completely, I, you know, we've been doing this a long time. I've been on your side of this for a long time, but at some point, you have to look in the mirror and say, we have created a situation where we will always lose. Oh, yeah. If our rules, if our if our rule book goes to court, there is nothing we can win. And that means ultimately, Dave, your rule book doesn't exist. Yeah. So what's I don't know. Do you start over with the rule? Do you just say? We are taking this rule book. We are walking it over to that fireplace. We are setting it on fire and starting over. Well, the reason it doesn't it matter and is because they have no. They, it's not legal. They have no subpoena power. Like they can never right. force anybody to say anything. That's why the old you know don't ever talk to the NCAA. You're going to get in more trouble trying to like be the good guy and fess up to your sins than you're than you are. Just saying, like, nope, I don't know what you're talking about. Plausible deniability. You can't make me talk. You can't make current players talk. You can't make former players talk. Like, right. This is not a, a crime. This is breaking your your whatever rules. 
That's why nothing that happened in the FBI case actually like translated to college basketball. It's because they were like, talk to us. And people were like, no, a no. couple, a couple low level guys went to jail for like yeah. nothing for nothing. And then essentially for not talking, then actual like coaches that know shit and did shit. Nothing except for, to. except for Sean Miller's top assistant. He went, well, yeah, he went to jail. Um, but nothing happened to Sean because I mean, I, I didn't know he was doing that, <laughs> but um, I, I just I don't. Know I don't. Where, I don't I disagree don't with you. I don't disagree with you at all. I'm just sitting here going, "Yeah, I want to see this." No, shit. <laughs> look, I'm telling you, I have been on your side of the fence forever, but I'm looking at it now, and I just, I don't understand the way. I don't understand the path out, Dave. I, I don't understand how they survived this because essentially we are, we have, we have arrived at the point today. We arrived at the point. Where it's just a matter of, and maybe it's happened earlier and we just haven't made as big a deal about it because it didn't involve Cincinnati, but we have now arrived at, we're just going to sue. Mm-hmm. If, it, if there's an NCAA rule involved, we're just going to sue and we're going to win because they never win. And I, I guess my reaction, Dave, is that the rule book is, is invalid. None of it matters. Right. And if it doesn't matter, you're dead. But I don't, there has to be something that governs all this, that runs all this. So I'm like, I'm starting to feel like the only way out is they have to do something completely new. Like I said, maybe it is you take the rule book and you just make it clear uh, we are starting over. Yeah. I mean, Ross. Maybe that's the answer. Ross Dellinger from. Yahoo, you know, during all of this today, um, put out a tweet, you know, if you're looking for a reaction from college administrators to the transfer ruling today, here's a good summation from one of them in particular. This is great. It's to the point where Congress needs to act or the system needs to blow up. Issue after issue keeps unraveling. I don't disagree with any of that, but okay, blow up, but then... But who is, then what? Who, then what? Like everybody always says, like this is gonna blow up, or this is gonna right. unravel, or this is gonna be bad, or, or and someone else needs to figure it out. Like, no, Congress does not need to figure it out. Congress needs to figure out a whole bunch of other things on a whole bunch <laughs> of bigger on a whole bunch of bigger levels than this. Stop yeah. going to saying that Congress needs to figure this out because. The NCAA and the you know the NCAA is just doing what the universities ask them to do. So the universities need to figure it out, right? Whether well, that's the universities the, have created this pretzel that whether that's tell the NCAA here's how it's going to go if you want to stay in business or our top whatever are going to go figure it out on our own and then you will not be in business anymore because guess who won't be in your NCAA basketball tournament that you make right. billions and billions of dollars on that funds the D three golf tournament. You know, national championship. Right. Those teams aren't going to be the in the NCAA. It's just an it's almost the exact same as a school. It's set up the same as a school, except foot. They don't get any money from football because right. the schools are like, no, we're not giving you any of that. But the NCAA basketball tournament and the baseball tournament that's on ESPN and the women's tournament that money funds all of the other stuff. 
Right. So the schools can can say, okay, yeah, we're gonna you're either gonna do it this way, or we're gonna go figure out a way to do it our own on our own. Now, I'm not sure the schools truly understand what doing it on their own entails. I think that's probably fair. Yeah. I, well, I think they're starting to figure it out slowly but surely, and it's starting to become very clear that uh, <laughs> the the way that they want things done is is not it's not how this works. But nobody ever really challenged it, right? Like, yeah, the name, image, and likeness stuff got challenged. Amateurism got challenged, but that was always as soon as that first conference TV deal was a thing, that was always coming. Now, the NCAA I could, was just I too stupid see, to prepare for it. I guess I could see a world where, well, you, and I have not read up on, on it at all, but I know that he used the, the 100 school thing, Charlie Baker and his whatever yeah. his. Uh, maybe I see a world where 100 schools break off, because I do think it's utterly ridiculous, especially in college basketball, that you see and – well, just, I mean, and Brian isn't even on the bottom end of it. I mean, they're like that UC and McNeese State or Alcorn State or Al, like they're playing on everything is the same for them. They, the, the, the universities, the, the programs, nothing could be closer to the same. So why are they being held under the same rules? Right. It's not fair to the the Alcorn, the Alcorn, the, you know, the Alcorn State. Like that's well, not fair to them. But. But Alcorn State still wants their hat in the ring. Right. They still want to have the opportunity to make the NCAA tournament. And and get that money. But I could see, we'll just call it, the again, the 100 schools. We'll call it like major division, you know, call it major division one football, those schools, whether it's the MAC, Sunbelt, American right. Pump. I could see all of them doing one thing and then all of the other ones still being under the NCAA's guidance. And then these other ones. Um, well, it, it's what Baker but, talked about. It's it's no. It's creating a new. But here's the deal, mission. Chad. Like if that happened, all of, like those schools I just mentioned, how are they funding anything? Right. Because they're not invited to this new tournament that these hundred other schools are playing. So who the like? How are they funding anything? Because if I'm UC and I'm playing. I don't need to play Brian anymore. I don't need to play Stetson anymore. I just play Mac schools in my area and Conference USA schools, and those are my non-conference games. And like, how are like you're not even getting prostitute money anymore? Like going and playing a game for three million dollars, like because why? I don't have to do that anymore. So those those schools will not have sports anymore. They will not happen. Yeah, I already I already know for a fact. That universities are talking about making every sport that doesn't turn a buck sport. a club sport. We're already having that's, that conversation has been going on for multiple years. I guess, and, and this gets back into a lot of the stuff we talked about in, in realignment, but is the answer ultimately splitting off football? Maybe not splitting off a chunk of schools, but splitting off football mm. and, and, and maybe men's and women's basketball. I don't know. But in, in terms of that, like 
let them be their own thing. Then everything else, it'll be labeled club sports, but you know what'll happen? Conferences will form. And everybody in those regions, it'll go back to originally, like the Olympic sports will go back to originally what college sports uh, was. I don't know though. I mean, let's use Duke for an example. Uh-huh. So Duke football or, you know, some of these that are predominantly best, like let's use the Big East for an example. Where's the Big East going in this idea? Well, that's why I eventually added. Because if football breaks off, what the, 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 bas- the basketball is going to still do the all, – all these schools are still going to do the big, the big boy basketball tournament, but their football is going to do so- – like – I, I get it, but I, I'm, I don't know, I'm searching for answers, Dave. Oh, for for sure, it's it's an open dialogue of of shit that probably doesn't really make it you know make it to the yeah. But if we have like here's again this is the crazy thing we've had this talk. This talk has been around for years now, and I've just now finally start got getting to the point of like I don't know how they go forward because there's zero. Nobody has any like. Why do you have a rule book, Dave? So that people fear. The well, rule. it's 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 because the NCAA wants to still wants to hold on to the amateurism student athlete. They want to control the student athlete. That's, if you so let's, if we're, I, let's just yeah. let's be honest. That's what they want. If, they want. Control I don't know. Of the I don't situation. know if it necessarily changes, but like if you are, I mean, obviously. If you are an employee, then you have to have, you know, collective bargain and, you know. Right, right. And, and yeah, the school, right. <laughs> schools don't want to do that because they don't want to split up their money even more in the conferences and, and whatever. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I really don't know. I, I, you know, but that's the thing. you, see, you re, I read that tweet and we hear all this. I wouldn't even call it tough talk, but it's just like. You know, something's got to change, or or else, or else what, guys? Or right. else what? What? What are you going to do? You can't even agree on who is going to be in what conference and how many teams are going to make a playoff. The SEC can't even agree if they're going to play eight or nine conference games. Right? There is there is infighting in the SEC about it. Are we going to play eight or nine conference football games? Right, because everybody looks around and goes, if we only play three. Non-conference games. How are we going to get to a bowl game and make our money? Because that money's in the budget. Yeah, I mean, I want to make the twelve-team playoff. I I need to play Vanderbilt every year. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, that too. But I'm saying I also on November 18th need to play uh, East Middle Tennessee State. Yeah. <laughs> Just to so, make yeah, sure. That's, there's so many things I just look at and I laugh at about you guys can't even come to an agreement on this, but you're going to run the entire operation of intercollegiate athletics for all of your sports teams. And that's that's I, not I even know, assuming yeah. that they you – know, I'm, I'm not even considering the fact that they would do it for all levels of athletics. This would just be a, mate, what we would – "Quote unquote," called major division one. Yeah, I mean, and and I, I don't know if that's where that could be. I mean, also, where we're they're still, they just they're, say, still, they're still tied to the damn bowl system, Chad. Right. Like right. 
the ACC couldn't put out their bowl pairings until almost midnight because they couldn't figure out. They were all so convinced Florida State was going to make the playoff that them not making the playoff screwed up their bowl, and they couldn't figure out where to put Notre Dame until like 11 o'clock at night. And then they're you're going to tell me in like four months this summer they're going to turn around and run the entire athletic <laughs> enterprise? No, no. It all goes back to why I've always been on your side. But now I just I, something it's is not broken. A, I'm not even on a side. I just don't think these people are capable of doing that. Well, the side of the NCAA is not going anywhere because it can't. Right. Because that's if your that's somewhere that means something about. else has to replace it, and I don't think right. they're capable of co- like. That's my point. You can't even agree on what crappy, uh, insignificant bowl games to send your eight and four team to, but you're going to be able to come up and figure out all this stuff. Like, give, yeah. give me a break. How long have we been talking about this twelve team playoff? Like, how long did that process? Take? Yeah, I mean, it could have happened this year, except the alliance conferences alliance. got upset that. <laughs> Greg Sankey took two Big 12 teams, even though the Big 12 conference wasn't part of the part of the people that were upset. Right. So they did it to spite him so that they couldn't have a playoff one year earlier. Okay, sure. Yes. Tell me all about how terrible things are and how you guys are going to fix that. Also, (laughs) one group of people that's actually governed by ESPN, and then another group of people that are actually governed by Fox and they're going to all of a sudden work together and be buddies. When does that ever happen? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, I don't have an answer for how, but it's broken. Well, I mean, we, we always hear stories of like rumors of, you know, this dude got promised this in an L and, and I owe money, and he and he yeah. never got. But no one ever tells on each other because they don't want it ever to come back. You know, they don't want it to ever come back on them. Right. Like um, so, yeah. I. I mean, we. I, it, there's obviously many, many things that need fixed. I mean, you, everybody that's listened to me for any amount of time knows. I think it's utterly ridiculous that they're capping the amount of. Uh, transfers in general, I feel like as long as you're in good academic standing and you cannot transfer during your season, you should be able to transfer as many damn times as you want. Right. As long like as someone basketball, else, as long as someone overlap. else is as long as someone else is is interested in taking you on and understanding the ramifications of that for their roster, you sh- I think you should be able to play for five teams in five years if that's what you want to do. And someone and and a school is also wants to do that. It right. doesn't matter to find me. a, a like, place that's willing. Right. So it's, you know. I have friends that went to like five different colleges. <laughs> <laughs> there's never there's never a penalty for that. I can't believe they got into like the fourth and the fifth one. But yeah, that was always the old joke of like the, the biology student could go work, but the yeah. you know, but the but the athlete couldn't. You know. Like or, or like a, you know, I had used this reference on TV tonight on Channel 12, uh, like a tuba major that like just started playing tuba and he gets kind of good and then he transfers and the place he transfers to, he gets even better. 
And then he gets into CCM. And he's transferring for the second time, but he's transferring into a world-class program. Mm -hmm. the, the people at CCM are like, look, man, you can play tuba at your house. You can't play tuba here for a, year. For a whole year. <laughs> you have for to a whole act, year. You have to acclimate to our university. You got to acclimate to college life. <laughs> so even though, you, even though you've and, already been in college. And you have to go to all your other classes. You have to do everything but the thing you're good at. What? What are we doing? Make it make sense. Oh, we're we're way past that part. I know. I, I just I we're at the point, Dave. That's my realization. We're at the point that I don't see a way out. Neither do they. That's why they're that's why they're trying to, that's why they're trying to make Congress fix it for them because they don't see a way out either. Because if they did, if there was any rhyme or reason to a way out, they would say, Okay, we're gonna appoint this group of people. They're going to be in charge of, of our breakaway. They're going to be in charge of the – just like whenever a major company, like you have transition teams and you have people that that's what they do. They they merge mergers and acquisitions, and, and you have people that do that as a job, and you then when they're done doing the transition or whatever, then they go away and you hire the the people that are that are good at the – you know, have the connections in the – Right. Yeah. Right. So, but they're not doing that. So, so I, I don't believe them. They, it's it's all a bunch of um, empty, you know, hoping that somebody else fixes the problem for them. Yeah, well, it's it's all kicking the can down the road. I, I just am getting to the point where I look and I don't see a whole lot of road left. Oh, there there probably isn't under the current way. I mean, because like at at a certain point, you know, like you said. Anything, you know, anything that the NCAA is now in Florida, they're suing the selection committee for the college football yeah. playoff. Yeah, which has nothing to do with the NCAA. Right. Yeah, well, that's where we're at. Is everybody now is just like, oh, we'll take, we'll take them to court. They can't win, even if the CFP has nothing. That that wasn't the point, but right. You know but, oh yeah, but the NCAA has been beaten now so many times that. Right. You could probably, they, you can pretty much probably challenge anything at this point. I'd love to know how many things in the past ten years have been nine nothing in the Supreme Court. Like how many cases? Well, the funny part about that is the NCAA thought that that was a good thing for them, <laughs> but they but they lost nine nothing. They lost nine nothing on the like on oh, the yeah. When they case. took it to the Supreme Court, they were like, "Oh, we're gonna kill we it. got this." <laughs> These guys stand no chance. <laughs> That's how bad they are. It's epic. They're epically bad, Dave. Yeah, it's um, but yeah, it's, and you know, I don't. I'm not even saying that I am in favor of one way or the other. I just like, <laughs> yeah, something's broken. Uh, let's get to a couple of my favorite things from today. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. Uh, from my from my friend Jeff Goodman. Bunch of coaches frustrated that passed on two-time transfers because NCAA made it clear to them in compliance that these players would not be eligible this season. Quote, unquote, it's bullshit. We had a chance to go over these guys and didn't 
because of the info we were given by the NCAA. Ah. That's your own stupid fault. Yeah. Um. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to pull up a text, Dave. Okay. That I got from a friend of mine in the coaching business. This was on Wednesday of October 18th. This person has no ties to Cincinnati. So almost, uh, two, almost two months ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is like right before the season started when everybody was freaking out because there had been, you know, there's two weeks to the season and hadn't heard anything on the transfers, on the appeals, on the, you know, the da -da 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 -da. Mm -hmm. word for word. I won't say who, but someone that has a good job in the business, coaching business. Just an FYI, the NCAA couldn't have been more clear with transfer guidelines. They told all of us very clearly no two-time transfers, and they want to be out of the appeal business. The problem was coaches didn't believe them, and neither did advisors. So all things can be true. Guys were given bad advice, and the NCAA gave clear instructions guidelines. Yeah, because that's it, what the coaches asked for. Right. I know wanted, that school. Because they wanted their jobs to be easier when it came to roster management. That school was one of the schools, Dave, that decided we're not – two-time transfers are not on our board. Right. We believe the NCAA. Uh, they tell us not to do this. And uh, so we're now, not going to do it. Now who looks like a bunch of dummies? Because I bet that coach or that program probably could have got some guys that they would be them were two-time transfers and we could be helping them. I would say they coach at one of the more prestigious universities in the Midwest. Prestigious. Like, yes, they could have gone and gotten someone. Well, okay. So we, we obviously know we're not talking about certain schools locally <laughs> but yeah like why would you why would you listen to anything they say right like that's that's kind of on you it's it's very much on you <laughs> like because you didn't think that like unless everybody took that same mentality there was always going to be somebody that goes, yep, well, well, this guy can help us out. That guy makes us better. We're going to roll the dice and we're going to call their bluff and say that, you know, because as long as they offer up, you know, stipulations, like how Wes had talked about, you know, we met these criteria that they laid out, um, as long as they're offering those up, then there is a way around it. And also, there you know, there was an understanding at Cincinnati of the risk of, yeah, we might not get either of these guys eligible, but we'll have them for two years after, potentially, you know, we'll have them next year. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff yeah. says over 36% of the rulings were 9 nothing. 
So the that the, the minority, the large minority, uh, two out of every three rulings are not nine to nothing. Well, <laughs> congrats, you didn't get whitewashed sixty percent of the time. <laughs> what? Yeah, one or two people agreed with you, <laughs> and you so, and you still lost. So it doesn't right. really matter whether it was nine nothing or five four. Right. No, uh, but the point being. The NCAA yeah. is in the 36%. That's not a good yeah. place to be. No. No, it's not. And and it, to me, you know, in this in this case in particularly, like, I just always, and I probably sound like a broken record, I just always fall back on, even from the coaches, like, because the coaches were the ones that said that there needed to be guardrails and this was a free-for-all and you can't have all these guys transferring. But, and, I, and I just keep falling back on the, why not? Yeah. What does it why, hurt other than why control? Not? Why not? Um, because you don't want to have to re you know, recruit your roster, and you don't want to have to manage it. Like who? Like you're only hurting the player. Like if you don't want to, if you don't want to deal with it, then don't recruit those kids. Well, but then you have this AD. That said to Jeff Goodman, as usual, this is a good one, Dave. Have you seen this one? Uh, no, I have not. Oh, this is a doozy. As usual, those of us who did the right thing oh, are being punished. Fuck. fuck. Oh, go. Come fuck on. Yourself. Here we go. It gets better. And the assholes are rewarded. Oh, this my was all God. made so clear a year ago. It's a disgrace oh, that these yes. coaches just went forward. And are now benefiting. You're a congratulations, you martyr! Oh my God, how how terrible it is for you that <laughs> that you that you followed the rules. Oh my, yeah, blow it out, your you know what? <laughs> I couldn't uh, wait to read you that one. I couldn't wait to read you that one. That is just such high and high and mighty BS. Like, give me a break. Yeah. Yep. We follow the rules. It's a disgrace, oh, Dave, yeah. that these coaches just went forward and now benefiting. Disgrace. It is. It is. It is disgraceful. I will strike down upon thee oh. with great vengeance and furious anger. Or it's just, <laughs> or it's just basketball, and it should not be taken right. that seriously. And. <laughs> And you shouldn't have asked the NCAA to do this in the first place. Right, because it's illegal. It violates antitrust. And because it and it because it control over college age kids. Because and because it just doesn't matter. Right. Like what what is the like I just I just don't like it's a disgrace that it's not a disgrace to to recruit a kid that's already transferred once, but it's disgraceful to yeah. to want to add a player that has been on two has has already been on a team and uh, wants to move you know move to his third team. That's disgraceful. Uh, I would just, yeah. That is an odd. That is a very odd way to use the word disgrace. I mean, I can think of a lot of things that are disgraceful. Wanting to have a, a basketball player on my team that happened to start at Central Florida and then transferred to Temple. Not exactly where I'd go with disgraceful. Yeah. 
Yeah. Goodman's probably loving the fact that he can be the voice of the high and mighty. No, he's loving the fact that it gets clicks, baby. Oh, yeah. Amplified. And, and Make no mistake. Like, Jeff knows, Jeff knows what he's doing, brother. And he knows like, which – these guys are smart. They know which yeah. AD to go get the anonymous comments from. Exactly. He Like, I'm telling you. Jeff is doing his job at an elite level with what he did tonight. Yeah, and I can guarantee that AD is not in the football power five. Uh, even if it is, it's at the very near the very top of the food chain, Dave, because they can say things like that and it doesn't matter to them. Right. But I don't know if they would even, be, I don't know if they would believe that. No, they do. They like look around. People believe some wild shit these oh, days. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, even smart know. people, even really smart people believe some wild shit these days. Or at least they say they do. Yeah. But you know that's where they're coming from. Like, we asked for this. How dare you deny us our right to have it? Is essentially mm -hmm. what that says to me. Right. We demanded that this be put in place. It was put in place. How dare you go against us and, and win? Well, because you can't win. If you're on the wrong side, if you're on the illegal side, the odds <laughs> are you're generally not going to win. Right. And they are, as proven by lots of courts, on the illegal side, the wrong side of a lot of things. Uh, I don't think Jeff had anything else good there. Um... Just scrolling through to make sure that he hasn't said anything new. Uh, I don't see anything. <laughs> there were a couple others today. I think Dellinger got a couple anonymous AD quotes today as well. Yeah, I mean, I read the one about the, you know, got to get Congress involved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. You guys that's, are that's either not we... smart enough or not willing to just fix it yourself. They're not willing because they've, they've been living on a house of cards that is crumbling fast. Mm -hmm. um, all right. I don't guess I have anything no, else on that. Do you? I'm good. I, I wouldn't, until you have answers, I wouldn't play Jamil. No, I, I, I'm not expecting them to. I just, I don't, I don't see it. It doesn't, doesn't add up to me. So we'll see. Hopefully we get more answers. Yeah. Like maybe tomorrow <laughs> we get an answer where Cincinnati will say, but they don't have to say it until Saturday. But watch the NCAA just not provide those answers until 14 days from now. Right. That's what you're in fear of with them because they can do that because they've now said like we have we have forwarded it to our executive committee and they are uh, deciding what to do. Mm -hmm. And then but watch on December 26th, they'll be like, uh, we have decided da, da 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 before it goes to court the next day and gets the permanent injunction. Good Lord. What a mess. All right, let's timestamp. That timestamp brought to you by Turtles Brew. Zero sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free, bourbon-infused sweet tea. 
It's got uh, lemonade tea, strawberry mint, cherry lime, raspberry peach, orange vanilla, 50 locations in greater Cincinnati. Visit turtlesbrew.com for more information and locations. A portion of the proceeds go to save the sea turtles. Uh, they are pretty much all over Ohio at this point, 6% ABV and uh, outstanding. So go get yourself some turtles brew and uh, be happy. Wow. This holiday season. Uh, also, that will take us to the team ticker segment as we uh, get ready to talk some Bearcats basketball. Brought to you by Team Ticker. It's a one of a kind sports sign for Bearcat fans. I've got the C Paul. Aaron's got the Bearcat. It's a high tech retro display, provides quality. Daily updates of the latest news, stats, schedules, betting, odds. Uh, they're not allowed to do that anymore, sorry. And much more. No <laughs> subscription required. Uh, if you're looking for the perfect edition. Yeah, I forgot to take that out of that. I, I clicked the old read, I think. I'm not allowed to talk about the betting odds anymore. Um, <laughs> if you're looking for the perfect edition to your man cave, your dorm room, uh, pretty much anywhere, or a gift for that special Bearcat fan, it is Christmas season. Uh, you go to teamticker.com and at checkout, you enter holiday as your promo code. You will save $50 off of your purchase. See? It's right there. It's right there. Fantastic stuff. Get yours today. All right, Dave, let's talk some hoops. Uh, I don't know that we necessarily have to, to break down the Bryant game a ton. We did that last night uh, on the nightcap. And in Georgia, the jungle, uh, George in the jungle, Aaron and George kind of did the, the post game show. Um, but it's, it's been an interesting week. They obviously were not good, uh, for large parts of the crosstown shootout. Um, Xavier won. They started ugly versus Bryant with, uh, what I kind of predicted with the shootout hangover. Uh, and they still end up winning by 35. Uh, seven and one, right? Eight, seven eight and one. Eight and one. Eight and one. Eight and one. Um, going into a big game, and and we'll get your thoughts on on Dayton here a little later because you got a chance to see them, uh, recently. But overall, and I guess none of this might even matter really because Jamil might be eligible and the team changes again. But overall, where are you at with this group? Uh, through. The majority of the non-conference schedule. I mean, kind of what, in the sense, kind of what I thought. I think they've played better. I think the 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 point guard play for the for the most part has been probably you know better than expected. Just they really you know I don't think. We haven't seen like a legitimate slump or, you know, I think. Yeah, you know what? We can look at Howard and say, yeah, we're, they didn't play we're, great for most of the Howard games. We're great, but by no means, but like not, like not awful. Okay. Right. Um, and that was still always going to be the worry coming into the season. Um, you know, I think, you know, the. I we don't need to this I don't need to discuss it. My you know, there were some issues, you know, clearly some issues, especially in the first half of the of the Xavier game that, that we talked about leading 
um, up to the game on that Wednesday night, talking about what we thought were some keys that, you know, again, I, we don't, I don't really need to get into it, but, and then last, last night, I'm not, last night wasn't even really about like the, the, the cold shooting to me. Like I was more frustrated with like a kind of a, another first half of just sloppy turnovers. I mean, yeah, they let Bryant muck it up. Like they Z- let Bryant Xavier first half and Bryant first half. Those teams are not, they're not like trying to force you into turnovers. Yeah. And you have, I, I, mean, I will say Dave, I think what Bryant did last night messes with people more than you realize. They just didn't offensive rebound. Yeah. Like they, they just, we're playing one shot, and then by the time you get a rebound and turn around, we have five guys on defense mm-hmm. just standing there. Yeah, and I think that messed with like what they who they want to be at least. It can, it can but you like to like to me, you still had. You have to be better. Too many un, unforced night. turnovers. Yeah. Too too many, like I mean, got like how many times did we either get the ball blocked, get the ball slapped, what like just. Very casual in the paint with with the ball, um, just stuff that stuff that I looked at outside of the shooting that I said like you guys cannot do that come January first. Yeah, like now shooting sh- shooting, is, shooting is going to come and go, but like you can't ha- like Vic can't have the ball not just flat knocked out of his hands as much yeah. as it seems like has happened over the last two games. Like you can't be as casual with some of these passes. You can't Dan is I think Dan is legitimately like having a bit of a rough go. I mean I know he got to the line a lot last night, but like you can't take some of these shots and some of these drives against the teams we're gonna be playing moving forward and expect that you're gonna be in a six point game and then all of a sudden with six minutes to go out score them thirty one to five. <laughs> right. Like so that those are some of the things I'm looking at that go far beyond just the like we didn't have a good shooting game for the first yes. you know for the first half at least like that's fair that's that game fair. that game was not close in the first it wasn't a three point game in the first half because we didn't shoot good it was a three point game because we turned the ball over ten or eleven times depending on what website you were looking you know looking at the and said ten right and 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 had the ball you know. We're taking bad, taking bad shots. Being not like how many times? I know two for sure, and maybe more. How many times out of timeouts did Bryant just score ridiculously easy baskets on just easy actions? Like not even like backdoor cut, and and one time a guy flashed like they had it in the corner in the second half, and he just threw it right to the paint for for a layup. Yeah, like stuff like that has to has to be cleaned up and you're gonna have that in a 30 game season but those are the things you look at and go those are the errors that are going to cost you games when you're when you do shoot well because you you end up doing stuff like this uh but 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 to like your original point like you know, I, you know, I kind of, they're not, 
appreciably better or worse than I, I expected. I mean, we kind of knew what the, the non-conference schedule was going to be outside of, of Xavier and Dayton. I think, you know, Georgia Tech has, you know, had a good week, but I, you know, beating Duke and, and Mississippi State, but I still don't think they're a tournament caliber team. Bryant had a very nice win at Florida Atlantic, but they're still going to be, and we need to win our, the most important part of our season is the three days conference tournament situation. I mean, and they have some good players. I mean, Earl Timberlake's a, a two-time transfer from Memphis and Miami. Um, you know, they've, they've got some, some solid players, but you know, there was, there was no reason in the first half to ha- to find that much resistance in it at the rim and, right. and to where like, it shouldn't have, like, even if you played, had a bad shooting game, you're, you should, they still should have been up what, 10, 12 instead of three. I, at least like eight. Something like, like that. Yeah. If you're, if you're, pl- if you're just playing a much better game, but you're just not making shots. Yeah. Like at, at least eight, like should have been up at least seven, eight points. Yeah. Play. I mean, the, the very end of the half was kind of indicative of my feeling of like the entire first half. It was just, it was sloppy and lazy Ugh. beyond just missing shots. It was doing things you're not coached to do. Like right. things you're very basic that like nothing complex, very basic things that you're coached every day. And they were doing them poorly, very poorly. Yeah. Uh, I know you know this. Cincinnati 26th in Ken Palm. Pretty good, right? I do know that. Pretty good. Yeah. They are seventh in the Big 12. <laughs> yeah. They're even higher in BPI, which is a metric that the selection committee uses, by the way. Yeah. They're what, 16? They were, they were 20 last time I saw it, but that was prior. They jumped to, up to like 15 that, or 16 that was after prior last, to night. last night. And I think they're still six or seven. Yeah, I think five, fifth or sixth probably at that point, if they were 16, yeah. Uh, teams no, coming up uh, in the first six games – of Big 12 play. BYU? They were one eighth. in the net. I don't know if they still are. They're eighth in Ken Palm. Uh, Kansas, 12th mm-hmm. in Ken Palm. Uh, Oklahoma, 19th in Ken Palm. Um, I, th- I believe they played Baylor in those first six games. Seventh in Ken Palm. Uh, and Houston, they don't play them in the first six games, but Houston is number one. Ouch. Yeah, it's, and then Texas is 36. Basketball TCU is 38. <laughs> those two teams are both in those first six games. Uh, Kansas State I mean, is I would 44. Say BYU and, and Oklahoma, I think they're probably the biggest surprises so far. Again, we're not even 10 games in for some teams. So sure. um, that can Huge. that can change. And I, and I think, and you can agree, disagree, I think Baylor is the best team in the conference. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I mean, I think I, they, like, do, they do the most, like they do the most things. They have all of the parts. They have the bigs. They have the wings. They have the guard. They have the young guy that is the the lot the the top five pick. pick. Yeah, they they have veterans. They have a bench. Like I think they're, I think they're pretty pretty damn impressive. The thing when I've watched Houston. They just don't have the bigs this year. 
Like he does not have that three-headed monster at center. And I don't think they have like they don't have the the Marcus Sasser and even what was the guy's name before him back in Rob the Ray? No, the 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 more the shoot more the shooter score guy. The kid that transferred from Duke. I know exactly who you're talking about. Or not Duke, um, but um not Duke, but um No, Date was it Davis? Yeah, Davis. And was like one of them. Quentin Grimes from Kansas, like that's what I, I meant. I don't Grimes. see, I don't see that guy on this year's team. I mean, I know LJ Cryer is kind of supposed to be that guy, and and Shed, and Shed. But they're not like Sasser. You know, when he got hot, he was getting you almost 25, 30. I don't, I don't know if I see that from 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 those guys. I think there's more balance at guard for them than they've had, but they're not as as imposing. Like mm-hmm. they don't look. Like Houston teams have looked like when they walk on the floor, you're like, Ooh, yeah, I don't want to mess with those guys. No, but nobody's gonna bite your thigh with this team. They just don't have that dog in them. Just, I mean, they're just not gonna. I mean, if you don't have a guy willing to bite a thigh, like, how can I trust you to go to the final four? How can you be number one if you don't have somebody willing to bite a thigh? I know, just look over and take a chunk. <laughs> Man, that was a day. <laughs> that was a day. So um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, there are obviously things that they can work on, and and guys are going to go through different spurts and everything. But you know, I'm I'm pretty pretty happy with with you know what I've seen, and and John John's point is something that I've been thinking about and, and would like to see in the, in the right situations. I mean, I don't know if that's something that you you're clearly giving up something by doing that, but like, is a is a day-day Jizzle Newman um, I feel like you would you'd be very strong outside defensively and then you, you have that, you know, three athletic guard wing guys that funnel everything down to However you however you want to manage the the four and the five spot. Yeah. Um, I I don't want to say I don't want to guarantee I, it'll I think it'll happen or I don't want to like like say for sure I think it will happen Saturday, but before the new year I I'm confident we will see it. I wouldn't. We're making we'll get into Dayton. I don't know if I'd employ it against Dayton because they are guard centric i would take advantage of the fact that they basically have nothing on the interior yeah um so putting two point guards on the floor i don't think makes sense when they are limited in the post like i want my as big of a lineup as i could get out there to take advantage of that kathy davis had turtles brew i have not i have some in my refrigerator right now kathy uh i i want to try turtles brew i live in kentucky and it's in ohio and and you're never you're never in ohio the only place (laughs) i know of right there is that gas station right across the street from where the practice facility is being built and that place scares me (laughs) go pick some up on the way to a game yeah i i have been in that gas station before Oh, I have plenty of times. I'm not fond of it. 
<laughs> I'm not fond of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get to the transfer portal in a little bit, Randy. I, that's they've got, but Dave's got two guys that can shoot the hell out of it. I mean, they're one. They're one. I mean, they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country, and they probably don't even shoot enough threes. So that's because they got one guy that's shooting fifty or fifty percent on like yeah. ten attempts a game. Nate Santos is a good three-point <laughs> shooter. Kobe, and another game, guy that's shooting sixty-something percent. Game on I was like at Saturday. Kobe El Kobe Elvis had a had a really good game. Uh, he was up in the twenty-five something points. Um, but I mean, Jerron Holmes, I think is a, a really fun player to watch, and he is quote unquote a big, but he doesn't. I mean, he is a he brings the ball up the floor half the time. Uh, he, you know, my concern with him is him getting it at the high post and just taking it right into Vic's chest, yeah, and slash right around him if he's concerned about fouls um because he, i mean he's their big guy but he's not a post big he's not a vic he's not right. an Odie. he's not a um aziz he will shoot threes he'll bring the ball up the floor they'll run action for him at the top um but other than him they don't have anybody inside so you know and how you know they're a good three-point shooting team they've played Home away, they played neutral in Charleston, but again in a, in a typical standard A10 arena. How will the shooting transition to playing in a place like Harris? Yeah, I mean it's essentially it looks like an NCAA tournament venue because there's space behind the backboards. Right. It's a, it's a dump. So play, there's still playing, space behind the backboards. Playing your first game of the year. I mean, it'll be UC's as well, but I'm sh I don't think UC's nearly as reliant on three point shooting to to win this game. I mean, their defense it, is bad, right? Uh, it's I don't know. It's, I you know I don't know if I'd say bad, bad, but like they. They should – UC shouldn't – like, if they don't shoot a, a really good percentage from three, the game shouldn't be close. They're 105th in adjusted defense. Yeah, I was just about to go look that up. Yeah. I mean, they they are also 356th in adjusted tempo. Mm -hmm. 63 possessions a game. Uh, in contrast, uh, Cincinnati averages 70.4 possessions per game. That is 107th. Yeah. Uh, just just for factual relevant mm -hmm. reference. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> we said that set. we said that last week too. But right. That was his bad thing out <laughs> joke, Dave. Just I know. <laughs> but no, they have some I mean, their 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 lead guard is is pretty small, you know. Not I mean, it's not like ours are we're not talking Troy Copain, so I don't think we're gonna see like post-up opportunities, but, um, you know. But Dizzle, Jizzle, Jizzle and Day-Day, I was going to say Dizzle and J-J, whatever. 
Jezno and Dede should have a significant strength factor over yes. Dayton's point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe almost like what, what it looked like when Jezno had Trey Green guarding him, uh, which I will say, Dave, if Trey Green started the second half, I'd have started Jezno in the second half too because <laughs> Jezno James took Trey Green's lunch and beat him up and, and put him in a bush in the back of the school in that first half on Saturday. Yeah. So yeah, they, I think you just need to be, you know, this is a game that, you know, get into your stuff, get let your bigs get position, let your bigs get going. You know, maybe, you know, I think Dan is a guy that I think would be a great person to put on Deron Holmes. But offensively right now, I just like, I don't know how much you can like, how much can you play him? Yeah. I mean, I think it should help that there's really shouldn't be a whole lot of rim protection for. Right. Dayton. There's, there's not, but I mean, was there really a lot of rim protection? I mean, Brian apparently blocked 13 shots in the game earlier this year. And I didn't, I didn't feel like they had a guy over six, seven, but they seemed to be. No, they, they did a good job of, of swatting from behind. Like yeah. blocking shots before you even like the guy from the backside. It was a weird like you don't see that much. Yeah. Where they they go to block shots like behind your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had it down. I was impressed. Like they, it was like um, it kind of reminded me of Mick's philosophy of don't slap at the ball on defense, just take it. Yeah. Because they're not going to call a foul if you just take it. If you slap at them and you don't get all ball, they're going to call a foul. Mm-hmm. Take the ball, and that's kind of what Bryant did on block shots. It was weird to see. It was an interesting strategy. They were good at it. It was clearly something they had uh, they had been drilled on extensively. Right. So yeah, get, run, get into your stuff. Get the ball in the paint. Move it, moving around. Get open shots for your, you know, because the more you you develop that and get that going early, then it forces their wings and guards to, to start coming down. Like right. inher- inherently as you score in the paint or as you get rebounds, the, the perimeter guys are going to come down and start helping. And that's when you can, you know, kick the ball out to what should be more open shooters. Right. In theory. In theory, always in theory. <laughs> you know, like in theory, a 15% three point shooter doesn't go two for four and hit two big ones, including <laughs> the probably the game winner. Like, right. In theory. Probably. Yeah. In theory. That's what all the, the national guys were saying today. Like, th- theoretically, this ruling means <laughs> just to cover their ass. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anything else basketball related you want to get to? I don't think so. Was a 24 seven article recruiting wise today on Davion Hanna, uh, very positive quotes on the Cincinnati environment, how much it, uh, impressed him and felt like family. That is, I, I don't listen to much that recruits say Dave. Right. 
Because over the years, you go over it so many times and you hear so many different things. Well, yeah, and the person writing the article is like, yeah, who are the schools that are yeah, recruiting yeah. you? Them? And it's like, okay, tell and me then, about Michigan. Tell me right. about UC. Tell me about right. Texas. Like, there's, there's a trigger word that, that tends to, uh, when you're, when you're like, why recruits actually make the decisions they do, and that is family. <laughs> so many of them say it, right? It felt mm -hmm. like family. It felt like I was at home. Yeah. Same, same terminology. Um, it's a com comfort, a built, you know, the comfort, a right. You're a, moving a away ease, from home. You're going ease, to college. The ease that these guys are are starting to feel when they come on these visits and meet with these coaches. It's not a, it's not a coach, player, recruit, coach relationship. It, I mean, it always right. will be until you come to a university. But like, it's it's more of just, you know, these guys are looking at it as more of like. You know, I don't know if the friend is the right term, but just like a much more casual uh, relationship than family. Yes, yeah. it, 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 there feels like there's family structure, and that's usually a pretty good sign. Usually, a pretty good sign. So, uh, and and again, for those that don't know, there's kind of a reason for that, Dave. Davion mm -hmm. Hanna, with his brother, played for Bradley. You know who recruited oh. him to Bradley? Drew I, Adams. I do know that. So Drew already has a comfortable and connected relationship with the Hannah family, uh, which, you know, they would hope mm -hmm. pays dividends uh, down the road. Yeah. Um, I, I got a score for you, Dave. Arkansas State 56, Louisville oh, 46. Maybe Louisville shouldn't have told that one kid to transfer, even though he didn't say he was transferring or something. Well, you know the backstory to that, right? No, I, I have no idea because A, I don't care, and B, I don't care. But um, apparently, like two weeks ago, that kid punched Kenny Payne in the face after a practice. <laughs> Sounds like things are going real well. And the down, Louisville, uh, 71. The Louisville media all denied, 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 deny. That didn't happen. That's made up. Like Trilly Donovan was posting, like there was a bunch of people that had heard something happened after practice at Louisville, and all the Louisville media came out and said, No, that's not true. It's a complete fabrication. I think the Louisville Athletic Department actually released a statement on it no. saying that nothing happened. Um, and, and then today, uh, they throw them into the transfer portal and you have all the stuff play out that played out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I couldn't be more happy to see a group of people take their medicine. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Randy, I don't think so i don't know if you know this dave when a player who has injury history is in the portal can you ask for a medical exam prior to extending an offer like you can you can if they consent you can yeah you i mean yes i'm sure you see you know we'll talk about evan Pryor committed today was out all of the 2022 season because of a knee injury um i'm 
I'm sure UC wants to get a, their own look at um at the him, knee and right. But he doesn't have to. But I mean, but that's the same thing with like in the NFL free agency. Like you're gonna pending physical, like the player doesn't have to let you give him a physical, but then they don't have to sign you. <laughs> so Right. The the physical isn't required until you sign. And then when you sign, the first thing you do is go take a physical because now you're an employee. Now you're my employee, and I'm telling you you're going to go take a physical. But obviously right. it doesn't work that way in college. But, um, you know. Well, yeah, I, that's why they the kid could just be like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah. And then the school could be like, well, then we're good. Yeah. We wish you luck. Or, depending on how talented they are, they could say, we're okay. We'll take this. We're going to roll the dice. <laughs> we think you're good yeah. enough that uh, we're going to figure it out after the fact. And I'm sure, you know, I don't I, I don't know what law, you know, HIPAA laws and everything. I'm not sure that, you know, I don't think Ohio State can, can probably legally share his medical stuff. Not between... without his consent, right. I would think. It's like if he says it's cool, then it's cool. So if you're consenting to them sharing your medical history, then you would probably be okay with them checking your knee out. Um, you know, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't think we really know a hundred percent know the answer to that. I think it's, it's case by case and injury by injury. I mean, it seemed that he had a pretty standard knee operation and, and he certainly played this year. Now, how much, you know, with a running back, you know, you're, pr- I think what the, the common outside of like the Adrian Peterson's is it's always like the second year is even though you're healthy, uh, healthy from a playing standpoint, like I, I've always heard it's probably like the second year is truly when you re you know, come closest to regaining your original abilities. And, and a lot of that is mental. Oh, for sure. Talking to medical professionals. Throw it, that throwing your foot in the ground with up yeah. the utmost confidence that I'm going to stop and cut and, and everything's going to be not okay. Gonna snap again. Right. So, I mean, there's, there, you know, obviously we're talking about Evan Pryor, Ohio State running back commitment was originally in the 2021 class. Um, I think is now the highest rated player to ever play at UC. I mean, he was in the top 100. Uh, he was number six running back in that class. Um, you know, Middle, you know, 95, 96, I think, very easily four star. Um, I don't know what Evan Prater, we got an Evan Prater and an Evan Pryor. That won't yeah, get confusing like at all. Um, I don't like that. But I mean, if, if he, you know, I think he offers, you know, and, and that was maybe a gripe that I had last year. And it, it might have been because of they didn't feel confident in that area. Like I expected out of the Scott Satterfield offense to be more throws to the running back. I think he can can offer that. I mean I think he gives that kind of pass catching ability. Let's sorry real quick. If we're gonna get it, let's go ahead and switch. Oh yeah. Sorry. And, and He's get kind of rolled this. rolled right into it. So. Yeah. Uh that let's timestamp. Uh we'll get back into it. That time this that this timestamp, not that timestamp. That would uh imply past tense. This timestamp uh, it's for Turtles Brew, zero sugar, zero carbs, gluten-free, bourbon-infused sweet tea, uh, lots of flavors, uh, lemonade, tea, cherry lime, strawberry mint, raspberry peach, orange vanilla, 
Uh, there are, make sure I get this right, uh, over 100 locations across Ohio, including Cincinnati. Go to turtlesbrew.com. You can find out where you can get it. And uh, this is what you'll be looking for. Boom. Right there. It's not in the uh, half-gallon milk jugs and jugs anymore. Uh, they've got fancy new bottles. Raspberry peach, cherry lime, lemon tea, orange vanilla, strawberry mint. There you go. Yes, sir. Uh, and now, this segment where we talk UC football and recruiting and everything going on around the program. Brought to you by Homefield Apparel. Go to homefieldapparel.com and uh, pick up, look at the Cincinnati collection. They have a ton of awesome UC stuff. Enter code BCJ23 at checkout and they will get you taken care of. I love all of my home field stuff. The joggers, the hoodies. I'll have to I'll have to wear it here shortly, Dave. I got a I got a Marshall hoodie. Still probably got time to order and hopefully get it before Christmas. Be right around. It'll be close. So you better do it tonight. Yeah. BCJ23, you get 15% off. So do it. There you go. Do it. Do it. Uh, all right, Dave. Uh, keep going on Evan Pryor. Sorry to interrupt oh, you. No, you're We had to pay the bills. That's right. That's right. Got business to run here. Media conglomerate. You know, we got a. We, it's a media empire. Got to pay our bills, but uh, I think he, you know, again, assuming back to you know full health, and I think it's a great opportunity for him to come in, and you know, he got. There's a lot of talented backs at Ohio State. I mean, you had um, Henderson, Mine Williams, Chip, Trainum. You know, you had a lot of, of really good players there. I mean, that's what Ohio State is. And there's going to be guys that, for whatever reason, you know, it sounded like going into the 2022 season, he had a chance to be more, much more of a <clears throat> focal point of their offense and then the injury. And then who knows what happened, you know, with that last year and how long it took him to, to get to a point where he felt comfortable and where they felt comfortable. But And, and by that point, they have a really good running back room. Yeah. Guys have established themselves. Like it's it's very hard. You know who else? Man. You know who else played running back in a really talented program and didn't really get his chance? Jerome, Jerome Ford. Ford. Jerome Ford did that. Yep. And so, yeah, I think he's got an opportunity to come in and and be a different. You know, be that different type of back that you see obviously once and. You know how how much those carries get split up. Who, who knows? That'll that'll be determined at a much later date. But you know, I've I've said it. Whether it's on the board or on on the podcast, like in the transfer portal, I'm looking at production. You know, production. Like, regardless of the level that you've been at, have you produced? In when you've been given an opportunity, have you produced? Okay. And if you haven't had that opportunity, say you're a redshirt freshman or you're a sophomore and you like, what are your traits? Do I see you being able to produce once you get that opportunity? And that's kind of where 
where he falls in. And yes, he's a, a maybe a year older than that than that world, but like you know, he's certainly got everything that again, assuming health is where it needs to be and and we have no idea what no control over that, but right. He shows he shows all the things that you want in a running back at this level and and offers you something that is that is different than, than Corey offers you and and it was probably, you know, wanted to go to a, a scheme. You know, when you haven't played, and you, whether it's because you have a lot of really good guys in front of you, you want to go to an – or because you were injured or, you know, whatever the case may be, you want to go to a scheme when you're transferring. You're going to a place that, like, I need to be able to show who I am. Right. Like, it doesn't make sense for a running back – why would a running back want to go to a, a you know a, a running back that has visions of being a, a, a elite NFL player? Why would you go to a place that throws the ball 30, 40 times a game? So like when you're transferring, I don't have very many years left. I gotta get on the field and show what I can do. So right. I'm sure this type of an offense was appealing to him. Let let me ask you this. In his year one, if he had 73 carries for 483 yards and eight touchdowns rushing, um, and another, what, eight catches for 51 yards. So 534 yards total, 6.6 yards per touch, eight touchdowns. Uh, would that be a quality year one? Well, yeah. Would you take that? That would be three more touchdowns than Corey Kiner had last year. That's fair. <laughs> so, yes, I would take that. Now, those <laughs> numbers were in the American, but those were also the numbers for Jerome Ford uh, in his first year, which he spent behind Dokes. Uh, right? No, no. It doesn't yeah, sound Dokes right. was on the Peach Bowl team, right? That was the Peach Bowl year. That doesn't sound right. Are you sure? I don't know. No, I'm not. I'm just saying, like, it doesn't, in my brain, it doesn't seem right, but maybe yep. it is. Jared, Jared Dokes, 144 touches, 673 yards, seven touchdowns, and 14 catches for 202 yards and two touchdowns oh, yeah. in 2020. Yeah. So, yeah, that was behind Jared Dokes. I know yeah. it doesn't yeah. seem like that long ago that – where it seems like kind of a lot longer ago that Jared Dokes was in Cincinnati. Yeah, that's what that's why. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it just <laughs> depends on, you know, I think Corey proved that he earned the lion's share of the carries last year. Now, I don't know if maybe sure. Evan shows them that it should be closer to a, I don't think, it, you know, I'm not going to say it's going to be 50 50, but. Um, yeah, you looked at you know, Miles, I think only carried the ball four times in the last two games. Yeah. You know, once once Monty and they were down, you know, they weren't running the ball a ton at those points either. They struggled the last two games and Yeah. Um, but I think in but, in but Ryan Montgomery was really good and they kind of in the coaching staff's perfect world, probably they're they're finding ways to get Evan the ball more than they got the backup backs this year 
So, and he, but he also then has to has to prove it. And, and yeah. And you know, I'm I'll be looking at his, you know, when I get to watch him practice and whatever, because there you know, there's obviously not a ton of like college game film on him, like. That, you know, I want to see his elusiveness, his you know tackle breaking ability. I th- I think you know so much was talked about Miles in the sense of like the home run, and, and yes, he had the ability to do that if it was blocked up very well. I, I always felt there were there were yards left on the field in instances where he would go down too easily on first contact or not make a guy miss. And that didn't mean make a guy miss and turn it into a 50-yard run. It's make a guy miss and pick up a first down, you know, or get seven yards instead of three yards, and now you're in second and three instead of second and seven. Um, That's because, I mean, we know what Corey is. We, you know, so I'm, you know, what is is a new guy in the backfield going to do and where can he do something different that they didn't have last year? Overall, uh, happy with where they've they've things have played out in the portal so far. Yeah, I mean, you know, we've there's not you know, I don't think there's a position that you would go, oh my god, why are they taking of of whatever? Like, so I'm you know I'm you know I'm looking at it that way. I think you know Keegan's done a great job. Tons of tons of names for for visits, especially this week, have been put up on the board. I know he put put another one up. Uh, tonight, you know, probably at this point, we're almost at 10 o'clock. It's been, you know, several, a couple hours ago. But it just feels like in how I'm observing things that, you know, they are, they have a, they have a plan. They have an idea. Like when, when guys go into the portal, it, you know, it seems that the ones that they want to reach out to, um, making, immediate contact in some cases. <laughs> uh, so they're clearly watching, you know, and, and have an idea of what they're looking for. Um, I think you are, you're seeing with some of these offers that we have on the board, we are certainly seeing their idea of wanting as much traits based and, prototype measurables as possible, especially at some key positions on defensive line, outside linebacker, like guys that can, can impact the passer. Um, we, and we have been telling you this, this is a scouting staff, a scouting based staff, but what that means, not just their ability to break down tape, but to what Dave just said, scouts are going to like measurables, right? Like that's what scouts do. Like they, they want prototypical, we know this works. We know guys in this frame work and we're going to focus on that. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too. Like I'll just use the say, I won't give any names because we obviously want everybody to come to the, the board and, and get them clicks, baby. But um, I'm very high on their secondary class in the 2020, in the 2024 class. Now, Who's going to play corner and who's going to play safety? No idea. You could be playing one position in high school because you're a great athlete and they need you there, but you're not necessarily projected to be there in college. But it's interesting that 
a couple of the guys that are coming in to visit are of the grad transfer variety in the safety spot. Whereas a lot of the guys that are either visiting or have already committed have multiple years to still play. And so, but I kind of look at that as like, we want some You're veteran kind of desperate at DBs. We want some veteran dudes at safety that have that have been those producers, like I yeah. mentioned, that we feel can come in and start and produce right away, knowing that we feel really good about these 2024 kids, and hopefully we can start, you know, some of them can what your mic is oh. shaking up against you, oh. rubbing up against something. Some of them you know, can hopefully work them their way into the two deep this year. And right. then ideally they're stepping into those starting roles as either true sophomores or, or red shirt right. freshmen right. next year. And you're not, you know, you're hopefully you're hitting on those guys and you're not having to go back and find older safeties again next year. I, I wonder how much we might see the old fickle philosophy, the, the early fickle philosophy of like, these guys have to be up to speed as fast as possible. So we're going to put them in key roles on special teams in year one. And mm -hmm. like, they're going to have to figure it out because mm -hmm. they're going to be on the field in year two. Like, guess what? Here's the fire. You're in. Yep. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, go ahead. No, but I was just going to, you know, but yeah, it's, there's, I mean, and it's – I know, every, you know, fans want to add, you know, let's get these guys in. Let's – you know, we get, get nervous if we're not getting commits. You see other teams getting – like, there are good players. Like today, for instance, I saw four or five dudes that I'd be like, that, came, that entered the portal today that I'm like, yes, that is the guy I would reach out to immediately. Like this stuff is not going to stop. Now, obviously, it's not going to be the flood of um, that it was a thousand last guys in one day, Monday, right? But like, you know, there's there's a defensive player that they are that has already taken a couple visits that they are trying. That I posted an article on the board. They are trying to get visits. That as of now, obviously, things change. But as of now, he's anticipating taking some visits into January. And then you have the Which four playoff starts. You have the four <laughs> playoff teams. Like some of those guys have been saying that they're, you know, gonna enter the portal, but that they've done it on good terms and they're gonna play it, you know, be still be with the team. Other guys are saying, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and but you don't think there's gonna be guys after the game that enter the portal? Right from those teams. So, you know, as coaching, as coaching staff still get filled out, there can be movement as, you know, guys just well, like to your point, there's a lot of guys and we saw it here that will give the new staff a chance. If there's a new staff hired, I want to know who my head coach is. I want to meet my position coach. Potentially I want to meet my coordinator. Uh, and when I have all that information, then I will decide. Yeah. Uh, whether I'm going to enter the portal or not. Guess what? There's a wave of that still coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they are, it, you know, it's certainly, you know, last year, it's it's very hard to, you know, <clears throat> you're, you're still judged on what you produce. So there's no excuses. But 
I would I would imagine when we talk to Zach in next week, I'm assuming that's going to be we're going to do the pod on Thursday. So, uh, yeah, there will be a press conference because they Tuesday have the, they have the, they have the well, press conference on Tuesday. Or Wednesday, Wednesday. Okay. There'll be a press conference Wednesday afternoon with Satterfield. Then there's the party, and I, I RSVP'd today. I already got us cleared. We're good. All right, all right. In between Satterfield and the party, uh, I will. Uh, the tradition continues, Dave. I will sit down with Brian Brown and Brad Glenn individually and talk about the commits on the offensive side of the ball with uh, the offensive coordinator. The commits on the defensive side of the ball with the defensive coordinator. I got that confirmed today. Uh, so that will be coming next week. We will be at the event uh, on Wednesday night, the signing day event that's open uh, to everyone. To the public. Yeah. No, it's free. Like sign up. Uh, you know, I, the coaches you know, will be milling around. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a program, a program uh, that, that somebody will be in a microphone talking. Uh, and then Thursday, I do believe we will have Zach Grant on to get the, uh, full read, hopefully on not just the recruiting class, but, uh, any of the transfers that have been made official mm -hmm. by the university. So, uh, if you think we got a lot of information this week, <laughs> yeah, I think the dead period starts Sunday. So all of these, they got to get all these visits in before I believe what, Sunday. What? No, I, I, is it Sunday or Monday? Monday, because they can finish their visit on Sunday, right? Okay. Then maybe, the yeah. Sunday the period mid, usually maybe starts Sunday at midnight. Monday. Is, like that's what my brain thinks. Like the dead period begins on Monday. Yeah, the dead mm -hmm. period begins Monday. Sunday is the stop day for for everybody. Yeah. Um, but. There's a lot coming. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. The big basketball game on Saturday that uh, if we're going to go into Big 12 play feeling like the out-of-conference was uh, – nobody's going to feel like it's a success because they lost to X. But if we're going to go in feeling like things were positive, they're going to have to win Saturday. So uh, we, will, we will have that to talk about. We will not be here Wednesday of next week. We will be here – Thursday of next week with Zach Grant to not only talk about everybody that UC signed, but to talk about the recruiting department, the new makeup of how recruiting works uh, in this college landscape differently than it ever has, uh, um, how to navigate the portal and NIL and still trying to be a high school based program, uh, all of that good stuff. So, you got anything else? I don't think so. Just, you know, make sure you're uh, tuned in. We, you know, I, I think there's, we're approaching double digit, you know, and I'm sure there's going to be some more added this week. They're I'm sure they're going to try to add some more this weekend. So, uh, you know, we're approaching double digit transfer visit this visits this week. Keegan is doing a great job keeping everybody updated. There are certainly some, uh, and there's obviously some guys that have already visited that have not committed anywhere that those could, right. could still, you know, 
It is an is it it is an interesting dynamic with the portal. Because you know, it's like a, yeah. it feels like a lot of like we if we want you, great. And then if you if you choose to go if you leave and you haven't committed, like it feels like there's you know, obviously there's not it's not everybody. You're gonna hold a spot. It always depends on how good you are, Dave. Right, but it feels like the portal <laughs> is, is a lot of if you don't commit, I got the it, next guy it's speed dating. On the phone, like, hey, can you visit tomorrow? Like, a hundred percent speed dating. And you get one day visits, you get two day visits. Like, it is not the same that you typically see with high school recruiting. You know, some of these guys are coming in one day and they're off to the next school the next day. And some of them are doing the traditional, you know, come in, stay the night, do the whole visit, you know, 48 hour type thing. Three and seven, Arkansas State goes into the Yum Center and beats Louisville by 12, 75 63. Butch Jones effect right there. Yeah. I wonder if Butch is there. Turned things around at the end of the year, saved his job. He's got a pretty good quarterback. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it. Uh, we will see you. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Just stay tuned. Turn your notifications on. Like and subscribe. All that good stuff. It's the BCJ Podcast. Brought to you by the Holy Grail. Right here on BearcatJournal.com.